those of you who are here for the first time let me introduce what bati is bati is the national institute of designs unique interactive platform where we have conversations about design environment society and everything in between so having experienced the fan base isha has at nid i don't think isha needs any introduction but let me introduce isha to you briefly so isha pimplaker is a textile practitioner who situates her practice at the convergence of art and design she focuses on creating emotive and engaging tactile environments having recently graduated with a masters in textiles and mixed media from the royal college of art london her time at rca helped her develop a strong identity and methodology for her practice with a keen interest in the impact of materiality of everyday lives so prior to this she has completed her bachelor's in textile design at the national institute of design and design welcome to batisha thanks a lot so uh, starting how is everything at your place and uh, where are you situated right now yeah so um lately i've been in pune uh, i mean i got married very recently so now i am divided between pune and delhi for a while so uh, but most of my base is in pune so i generally work out of pune a lot more and uh, yeah it's been about a year and a half i think i came back i, I finished my masters at a time when i, I think 6 months later covid hit so uh, it's been pretty much uh, uh, quite a quite a challenging time i guess uh, for somebody like me as well who's just started off i mean uh, i mean after my undergrad i did work for a little while but then once once you do your postgrad is when you really want to kind of hit it off and start working but i think it's been challenging times so i've been working out of home uh, i've got a got a space for myself uh, which is part of my house but a little away from it so i have a studio space set up there and uh, yeah i've been uh, working out of pune yes, for a while now i'm really happy that things worked out for you even <laughs> during the pandemic um so uh, talking about your time before nid uh, how did you find out about design and how did you know that textile design uh, was your core discipline at nid um uh, so i had a cousin of mine i mean that's how you normally get to know about nid at that point of time because design wasn't something that was part of our, i mean i was i studied in a state board so we didn't have a lot of uh, right. exposure to the arts per se so uh, i remember i had a, i have a cousin who is um, about 6 5 6 years elder to me who was in nid at a time when i was probably around 12 13 years old and that's how right. i kind of got to know about it and she was studying exhibition design at that point of time so um, oh. i was quite fascinated by like everything that she told me and uh, that's when i slowly started finding out more about it and then i kind of made uh, i think by the time it was 10th and 11th and 12th then you started having like more concrete ideas okay that you know this is something you want to pursue but right, right. Uh, that's how i was introduced to it and uh, when it comes to textiles i guess uh, your foundation was pretty much for that where you kind of uh, looked at different disciplines you had like a little bit of a introduction into each uh, discipline to kind of understand discipline. yeah what each one is and um, i remember textiles is something that really stood out for me and one of the reasons being that it was such a hands on 
approach to your uh, um, discipline and i think that there's a very very um, i don't know it's very intimate it's very involved uh, to be working with something like textiles it's very physical it's very tactile and i think i mean these are just thoughts that i get hindsight now because at that point of time you're just you're just interested by uh, you know at that point of time it was more about like uh, for me textiles was a very interesting mix of technique um, like like technique reasoning and uh, creativity you know there was there was not right right because you were working with the loom you the, the, it wasn't like you could just think up anything and make it there was there was there was a little bit of science and maths involved over there and i think that was a very interesting balance and hindsight like i said i think about it now and i realize that um it being such a tactile medium um i think there's a very different kind of intimacy that you share with the medium um and i i think that's what keeps you highly involved in working with it as well so right 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 that was beautiful so could you tell us a bit about your life at nid and how it was different from rca this was like the most popular question in the question mark uh yeah so i think uh, to begin with i think nid and rca happened at very different age groups i mean in the sense uh, nid was 18 to 22 whereas rca was 25 to 27 years when i spent my time there so i think nid in that sense was um uh, largely contributed to my formative years and made me who i am in a lot of ways um um it taught me a lot of life lessons uh, of course you know you you you're kind of um introduced to something like design you're introduced to something so different where there are no exams and there's juries and all of that uh, and a completely new world to look at but i think uh, when i look back now i realize that it was it contributed largely to who i was um and the second thing that i think nid gave me was a very very strong understanding of the discipline i think textiles uh i think is pretty much one of the best disciplines in my opinion that nid has to offer and uh, i think that it gave me like a solid solid foundation to kind of then jump off of um and then when i kind of compare it to rca um rca was of, of course it, it's a masters it's a very very different approach um it's a it's almost like a two year um how do i say it's almost like a residency though it's not a residency but it's almost self led yeah. in a lot of ways um so um there are no there are no lectures or classes or courses as such but you sort of start defining uh, what the discipline means to you or what you want to do with the two years that you have so i think rca kind of puts you in a very different place where you start kind of defining what your practice is about you start defining and thinking for yourself okay what does uh what does my the, the the work that i'm doing mean to me or what does the work that my, that i'm doing mean uh i mean for 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 wherever that i'm uh, situating it and uh, right. so you you kind of start asking yourself larger questions about your practice um which you're not always capable of asking when you're at nid because you're at a very young age you're at a age where you're absorbing anyway a lot of different things that things that are going on so i think that's the, that's probably the biggest thing that stood out for me between the two uh, places nid and rca right right so a follow up question um for uh, the question i asked before uh, i've seen many people worry about this and are very confused about how to proceed 
so this is especially for the people who want to do masters in abroad so the question is uh, how did rca help in your career and do you think you've got your full value of your investment um uh, honestly like that's a very difficult question to answer for anybody i guess um, i don't know uh, unless yeah. um for a couple of reasons for me i'd say uh, firstly uh yes it's a very valuable experience that i personally had at rca and i think that right. um it's it's about meeting a lot of people it's about uh understanding art and design in different contexts and also um that space and time that you give yourself when you put yourself in an educational institute to kind of go back to the grind and you kind of go back to studying and analyzing your own work and that puts you in a very different place and uh, and i feel like rca did a great job in uh, for me uh, in terms of um, you, you know that independent thought process is so important uh, that independent um, just just kind of uh, thinking for yourself uh, as to what it is that you're doing and kind of try- giving yourself that time to answer it over the two years that you have i think that's very very valuable uh at the same time when i compare it to uh, the price that you're paying yes it's extremely stiff and i think um i chose to uh, sort of take a more uh, independent artistic direction with my work uh, so it's been it's right. not it's it's not definitely been where i've come back and i've start i'm i've started making my full bucks back and things like that it's difficult i agree i'm not going to deny that uh, but it's also i think you can play it smart as well i think you can a um, couple of things i would always say is that have a very very Uh, you're paying a lot of money for a very finite time that you're going to spend at a, at an institute so i would always say like have a very very defined idea as to what you want to achieve out of it uh, because two years flies by um, you you know you don't want to waste your one year wondering oh what do i do what am i doing you know you don't want to think, you want to kind of dive straight in and that's what a masters is really about when you sort of have right. um, have a ha- have a basic idea of okay what do you what do i want to achieve from this master and then you go for it in those two years that you have um so i'd say no, that's number one and number two i would say that uh, have a i mean of course there are scholarships there is a, a lot of these things that you need to look into and you need to kind of go looking for it you know and unfortunately india does not always offer as many scholarships so which becomes a little bit of a deterring factor but uh, right. have a strategy in place like especially kind of also have that foresight as to what kind of a job you're looking for right after your masters uh, especially if you're looking for working abroad uh, you know try and work in those directions so while i'd say that it is it is a big big uh, investment and it can be a very risky one especially um i would say that if you have a plan in mind if you have a very good direction of where you want to take your work it's worth it and and you will figure it out i mean there are avenues that are lot you'd be surprised um that like for example the uk offers so many like right after your masters the uk i mean uh, offers so many of these uh, a uh, various programs of extending your visa you know it could be global talent it could be what not so so it's it's also about you know you might not have your answers on a platter but it's also about mm-hmm. going looking for these these opportunities where you don't know where you would find them and you can make it work out for you you know so I, i'd say right. i don't know i hope that answers the question but yeah yes yes that makes a lot of sense yes 
so could you introduce what mixed media means for the audience we have today and when and where did you realize the scope in it uh, mixed media is basically i mean to my understanding it's a it's a very very open ended approach to textiles it's not rooted in weaving or knitting or printing really but it's more of a uh, interdisciplinary approach if you can say so where you uh, right. where you're working with textiles in combination with a lot of different processes or or materials for that matter so um, that's pretty much what mixed media is and um, that was my understanding i mean i did mixed media as a specialization at rca so that even i got introduced to this concept when i started applying so i think what drew me to that was um i don't know personally i was when when i was applying for my masters i was at a place where i was uh, i was still not sure what direction i'm going um uh, somewhere i didn't find um what i mean what what i was doing very challenging or inspiring and i felt like mixed media sort of opened this entire new world up for me because it was such suddenly it was almost like you define what you want to do uh, of course uh, mixed media for me would still mean uh, to be a textile led approach because my foundation and my understanding and my strongest understanding is textiles so my approach to mixed media is still from a textile point of view but then but then it opens you up as to working with different things and then you situate them in different contexts and so i think that was what was exciting about it you know like the like the endless possibilities of it all so um so that's what essentially it is so you're not uh, specializing in like now for example you have a course like weaving in rca so you're not specializing in weaving as such but you're specializing in something like mixed media so okay. you might come out cre- being like creating a collection which is a mix of textiles and wood or whatever it is that you, that you want it to be so but that's that's the direction of the course so i think i hope that kind of answers the question and you did you have another yeah, question yeah. Yeah, I've asked. Uh, when did you realize this opening? Like at which point of your life? Um, I I think I think I've always believed in a very collaborative sort of approach to work. I've always believed that textiles, um, and I've always want been interested a lot more in uh, where textile can exist or textiles knowledge and thinking can can exist beyond your your defined realms, right? Which is uh, interiors and fashion and your export houses. So I think that's something that has always been of a great interest to me. and uh, also uh, right before uh, i did my masters i was working at a studio called varivakai in bangalore and um, that was also a multidisciplinary kind of a studio so we had uh, so we had uh, textile designers graphic designers exhibition designers all working in the same space and at and though we worked on like different projects at times we worked on the same project so so that was a very in- like that was probably um, my first experience where i was working with uh, in combination with some other um, designer from another discipline and i think that was quite exciting because what came out of it was always something very new something very exciting so i think that's where it started and then i think the course kind of uh, helped me find the perfect opportunity to sort of take it forward so yeah oh that's that's interesting mm-hmm. uh so the next question is along the same lines so um, many of uh, the audience has asked um, 
what is your inspiration for your kinetic textiles and where did you start it at nid or uh, did you start it at rc um yeah so i started most all my kinetic work in uh, rc in fact and um, okay. i think uh, i think the story behind uh, working with motors was not uh, it was more about creating a feeling um so th- there's something called the biophilia hypothesis which is um, basically a hypothesis that we as humans have have a sort of innate um, affiliation to nature and uh, i think that 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 was i mean this was more of a conceptual thought that i had in my mind as to how we sort of have removed ourselves over years and years from from our natural habitats which used to be like you know the the the, the natural surroundings and we kind of situated right. ourselves now in these kind of spaces where 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 materials are more like objects they don't really have uh, they have a functional value but how much do they have a responsive or an emotive value right so uh, it was it was sort of a mix of a lot of these thoughts where i started thinking about okay how what kind of an effect does textiles uh play in, in in space what kind of a effect does it have on your mind or your body um so that's where i started thinking about okay what if i create something like a breathing textiles you're you're essentially bringing something which is so natural indoors onto a material uh environment right so uh, that's where it all started and then 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 it kind of led to okay how do i achieve what i'm trying to achieve i want to make something that's you know moving and um origami was something that i think i've always uh, i think ever since i was a child i used to work with origami and uh, i did some of it before nid i did some origami and i remember i did some heat setting with fabric and in with origami folds and stuff even an nid and um, uh, origami kind of fit right into this thought where i was trying to create something that was expanding and contracting and um, yeah. origami kind of literally gives you that what you're looking for where you can expand a structure and collapse a structure so um, so then it was from then on it was really about how do i create something on fabric i mean create these structures on fabric how can and then 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 it's more about like refining that idea right then you're uh, you're you're trying to work with different kinds of fabrics you're trying to see okay how much strength does this particular fabric have for me to create that kind of movement that i'm looking for and uh, then again there was the other side of working with kinetics which was motors and all of these things which i had completely no knowledge about and uh, that's when i sort of reached out to somebody one of my school friends who um who's a hardware guy and um, i did like i mean he started with helping me with basics as to understanding okay how i can work with motors what i what i need what i um, how do i do like basic programming and things like that so it was reaching out and tapping into like different resources as well because obviously i didn't have all the knowledge that i needed so um so yeah it was it was more of like it was more of a process driven thing it it never really started with oh i want to combine motors and textiles it was more about acha how do i do this and then 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 this idea of motors came in and then i was like okay how do i make this work now so then i had to kind of start reading and learning about like basic stuff about how and then then it was about okay how do i connect the motor component to the textile component and then it's kind of been going on since then so um, that's how it's that's how i think kinetic stuff started for me right right i think now is the perfect time uh, to show your work 
to the audience yeah for can sure. you do that yeah. yeah so i'm going to be like showing just like quick stuff that actually i've been working yeah. on at the moment um i think i'll start with some textile stuff so i just wanted to kind of start with like showing um how i work with uh, kinetic textiles generally so um it always starts with um working with origami with on paper uh because uh, it's the easiest way to create what you're wanting to create and you get a quick mock up out of it um and right. then once you sort of know how you're going to do some whatever it is supposed to be doing you've kind of cracked it on paper i think then you sort of start moving towards fabric with it these are just different examples that i've put together so um so it's been a lot of experimenting really for me where i kind of work with different fabrics this was this reflective fabric that i pleated um and then there was so this is polyester right yeah all of these are polyester so obviously uh, okay. heat setting cannot work on natural fibers uh, to kind of, if you want right. to build in that memory you always need polyesters so so yeah so this was that and then i, I kind of always look at new fabrics and see how i can so this is actually a bonded fabric so um what what i realize is that a lot of times i need structure uh, which i don't always get on the fabric that i'm working with so you know you have these kind of um this is double sided bonding i'm sure people everybody must be knowing about it so this is stuff that i generally end up using to kind of create my structures if i think i want to give it more strength if i want to give it more strength than this like it's a little flimsy still so then i'll you know right. slap, slap on another layer and then and then a lot of times it's about kind of converting the paper example onto fabric then so then it's about creating those folds on fabric and all of that sometimes i even use um uh what do you call it this is the stuff you use for um your collars and stuff to make your collars stiff bakram right, so sometimes right. you want to use so so i always kind of depend on a lot of these things also to kind of make my structure stronger this is another example right. of uh, you know again lot of origami stuff and then i generally uh, so you use um, paper as a mold on textile and then um, sort of yeah. uh, so, collapse it right yeah correct correct so that's how you you kind of sandwich it in the middle and then you create your uh, uh, structure and then i normally end up creating these small mock ups generally because uh, you don't want to you know immediately go big with your idea you want to sort of test it out you want to figure out how it's going to all connect to one another how it's going to move how, what do you want it to do uh, so generally it kind of moves on to this scale still like a desktop size of uh, um mock up before i kind of move to like a larger one and uh, right. so right now i'm just going to be quickly and then then you move on to something bigger you know like this for example where this is a hmm. more sort of a finished product so you 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 kind of so it's always like a step by step process i mean anyone would follow right well when you make like a small model first and then move on to making something much more larger and um, this is another mock up so so this is i mean uh, like i told you i'm kind of learning on the go 
uh, a lot of times and this is as new of a field for me as well because i've spent very little time working with kinetics still so right. um, now, mm. now i'm into kind of building structures these days so i'm kind of so initially i used to use a lot of nylon wires and threads to connect everything but uh, now right. i realize i want to make something a lot more sturdier a lot more stronger so i'm now kind of working towards and i kind of mock prototype kind of tiny uh things with like armature wires and things like that so oh, wow. i figure so i to kind of figure out how how i can get a similar mechanism that i use for threads onto a metallic uh, with like metal rods so that it it kind of makes the structure stronger and it will make it more long lasting and things like that and uh, these are again like different jigs that you know i work with like i like i told you i work with my friend a lot so this is something hmm. that we came up very recently so i'm sure everybody's seen this iris right so yeah. um, hmm. so we kind of 3d printed it and then now we're trying to figure out ways as to how we can integrate this with fabric and you know what kind of movements will that create and things like that right and then i'm just showing you like really random things but this is again like yeah. this is your motor right this is your motor but um, now yeah. this this is an example of like like i mean you you start thinking about so many things after a point right when you start doing one thing this is about how how can you convert like a circular motion into a linear motion right so your motor oh. generally has a circular motion so how do you convert that to a linear motion and then what kind of opportunities does that kind of provide you with suddenly so this is again like a quick 3d printed mock up that he did for me and then now i will be kind of taking it forward and working with textiles with it and you know and more recently i've gotten quite interested in lighting so <laughs> this is something i've been working on where i've been introducing light with textiles so i mean these these wow. these are potential like project opportunities so the, a lot of these start off as just like ideas and thoughts that i keep getting and then you know you want to plug all your wires together and see how that looks like and yeah. you know so this is that and uh, more recently i've been also interested in like magnets so uh, mm. magnets also create motion right so what if you right. were to what if you were to sort of integrate mo motors and magnets right so what kind of motion right. would that would that create so this is just my hand moving sorry my hand move so this is a piece of magnet here that i have and there's a magnet attached to the base there so so, wow. the, so these are just like different ideas that that i sort of constantly work with um this is something else so i've been working a lot with um metal like metal wires lately so i've been creating these different kinds of structures with it and uh hoping to create like an installation with it uh so then again like, right. it's, it's a lot of um exploration process because you because you work with like different uh materials and you know see if i create this it kind of leaves the memory of that um oh. what i did and uh, then again it's like a lot of so this has been something that's been on my mind lately i kind of try and look for like interesting materials this is a stainless steel mesh so which is also quite interesting right. it so um so yeah it's it's a lot of like um experimenting and um yeah uh, yeah experimenting that i do on the side because uh, something or the other leads to something else and then you know you have something that you want to work with and uh, now i'd like to show you some of my 
larger these are very very recent actually so my room's really tiny so oh my god <laughs> so these are some new art pieces that i've been working on and, wow uh, i just got Amazing. them framed recently uh, this is uh, i don't know if you can see all of them but but yeah so i've kind of uh, gotten into a phase where i want to work on a very large scale like last couple of months i've been i was feeling that you know small canvases were very restricting for some reason so um i did like a couple of pieces which turned out to be like these really massive size pieces um and uh, i'll show you close up this is another piece one second uh no these so wires this is and fabric sorry oh okay this is only fabric this is only fabric so if you see this is all fabric and these threads kind of hold the whole thing together so it's completely right. like transparent like it's completely see through in places so this one piece so there wow. are like two layers here and this one this one's actually like a map one sec let me see if i can show it to you properly yeah okay this one's like a massive wave that i wanted to create so i don't know if you can see it can you see that it's a massive wave mm. yeah 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 <laughs> like the kawasaki yeah. wave right yes yeah similar yeah. to that one yeah so so yeah and then it's a fun process you know like you kind of uh, experiment with different kinds of wood also so in the process i realized that you kind of learn about so many different materials and you know we were trying to figure out ways like this time of of framing it and how you can frame it differently each time and then right. uh, you kind of work with different kinds of wood finishes and wood grains and so so i think um, that's a process that i really enjoy where i get to learn about new uh, materials as well and things like that so yeah this one was another piece but i don't know how i feel about it so um, so yeah sometimes yeah. that happens as well you know like you sketch out an idea and then um, you're like okay let me see how it looks on fabric because you're not going to know unless you do it so um, sometimes that happens too where i end up creating stuff something which you have no idea how you feel about you know um, and That's then it true. kind of it kind of goes to the back of your uh, all your work maybe and maybe it comes out again later but yeah somebody is asking for a closer look of the frame is that yeah yeah so that's your frame uh normally i work with like um, solid wood so this is teak wood um this one i wanted to work with burma teak this time so i got like a nice burma teak frame made um so yeah this is that so uh, the next question is uh, what is the first step when you start any kind of a project when you freelance or when you are in the industry so this is more more of a freelance based question um so generally um i try to get uh, as much information as i can from my clients to begin with because um a lot of times clients come with like a very i mean sometimes they know what they want but a lot of times they don't know what they want so um, right. i think i think the number one step for me is always like i try and kind of get more information out of them if they're looking for something specific i'm always wanting to like i i kind of nudge them to write uh, what they're looking for or give me a written brief 
and things like that because um because that's a very important step i feel because uh, you don't want to be going in two different directions with your work where your client is thinking one and you are thinking the other so uh, generally it always begins with like speaking to the client more in depth uh, so and and then right. it's um, some a lot of times uh, you realize that um uh your your ideas and thoughts start forming when you are speaking to them uh and that's a lot of times the best way to even conceptualize and uh, ideate also when you're talking to them because you have ideas coming up and then and then you kind of put it down on paper and then you share it with them then there's a little bit of back and forth generally and um, that back and forth always goes on till the end of the project so uh, so yeah that's pretty much how i go about it and um, yeah always but yeah it's great to understand your client in depth before beginning the project definitely i think a lot of times they come up with a vague brief and they yeah. expect a lot from you and then yeah yeah <laughs> so the next question how do your future plans look like and are you planning to explore other avenues or stick to kinetics textiles and dive further into it okay so um i have i'm in a very like Uh, right now i'm in a very transitional phase so i will be moving to uh, germany in a couple of months and um, so uh, it's quite uh, uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot of thoughts that are going on in my head also as to what direction i should take and you know uh, because as easy and as um, i don't know possible it is to have a uh freelance uh practice independent practice in india uh it can get difficult uh to have that independent practice abroad and um i think something that i'm also learning uh is that uh is that uh, when you're having uh an independent practice it's always important to have certain uh, anchors uh, which are which are which become more of your uh, consistent money flowing uh, projects you know so so it's always good to have and at the place where i am at right now what i'm trying to achieve is kind of get that nice balance between having uh, a good number of freelance projects coming my way so very like commercial projects coming my way and mostly those are uh, all textile projects uh, they could be commissions at times they could be uh, installations at times they could be like very random uh, like i did uh, I, i i did some flowers for a client recently so very very like right. random but then you kind of find your scope within it you find you see what you can do with it and if it's something interesting i take it up so um so that's something that that i want to kind of push forward where i kind of have that consistent uh, freelance practice going on and then at the on the other side i am interested in taking a more artistic direction with my work as well so i would want to get into exhibiting more and creating work for myself which then i can exhibit in spaces which could be kinetic installations or it could be um these textile pieces because um uh, i mean uh, for the kinetic stuff as fun as it is to kind of experiment with it uh, the minute you want to yeah. go large with it it involves a lot of uh, uh, i mean funds that you need so uh, because of that it's very important that um, i mean it's, it's great when you can get these projects through clients because then that gives you the opportunity to kind of kind of put out some really you know fun work that i really enjoy doing uh and then you kind of find ways to fund your independent projects as well so that's what i'm kind of hoping for at the moment 
right right that makes sense so uh, the next question is a fun question uh, so who was your favorite faculty member at nid and uh, who is your biggest inspiration uh okay i think uh, i don't have like one favorite uh, but uh, i think i was really like i really respected aditi um for i mean aditi ranjan for uh, just her mind she had a very very like a uh, perceptive mind very um, i mean now that i think of a lot of advice she gave me at that point of time or stuff she asked me to do and change in my you know certain project it's really kind of uh, i mean it's it's really like really uh, intelligent stuff you know so i think she's somebody yeah. that i really um, admire and uh, another one is uh, suresh was also uh, somebody that i used to really look up to i think so um, i had i think chosen suresh for my though he was not from texas i chosen him to be my uh, guide for my final project and uh, that's when i kind of interacted with him the most and um, it's quite interesting always because we never spoke about uh, the project we spoke about everything else uh but uh, that's that's how it always was with suresh so so yeah it was and and just like uh, yeah these two people i'd say had like a impact on yeah right that's very touching uh so apart from your vocation uh what do you do as a hobby um uh, apart from your kinetic textiles or your freelance um i i'm pretty like normal otherwise apart from my uh, so i don't uh, unfortunately to my uh, uh, my uh, i think this may i don't have a very strong like you know uh, people ha- people have uh, learned some form of instrument that i learned one instrument but then, then i gave it up at a young age and then so but but i really enjoy the outdoors i i mean i always enjoy uh, going for a hike going for uh, i don't know a trek or just like i'm i'm consistent like i like i enjoy doing the outdoor activities in general where anything related to going outdoors is something that i really enjoy uh, otherwise uh, what i do in my free time is pretty much very like everyday things <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so let's take up few questions which we got from audience so what motivates you to keep going especially in the creative field where the path isn't carved out i think um i think the biggest motivation um is always that um you have an entire blank canvas to work with always um you can always have uh, your uh, freelance projects going on or not have anything going on but uh, there's always so much opportunity to create there's just so much opportunity to um think and make new things and um, um i think i think te- design and art is one of those fields right where it, it allows you to think about so many different aspects your when you think of something that you're making you're also you're thinking about so many things the material you're thinking about where it can situate itself you're thinking about uh, the people who might be interested in this or uh, so there's a lot of problem solving always uh, in something like what we do uh, and that always keeps you so engaged right uh, and that that becomes a highly motivational factor always when it comes to working because uh, when 
you look at anything if whatever i've created whatever you create you can ask yourself a thousand questions and and solve all those thousand questions so you can kind of have yourself put keep yourself motivated keep kind of refining what you're doing and you know i think that's something that's always very uh, engaging i think right so there's a very interesting question uh do you think uh india is a correct market for your kind of design language um um i don't know but uh, um i think uh it's not i mean what i do is not very traditional for sure uh it's difficult um getting projects where you can actually do something uh, a lot more experimental and uh, so so yeah india is a tough market in that sense but i also feel that there is ample opportunity so um, i remember like i remember the first time uh, we did a kinetic installation which was uh, about a year and a half ago uh, in delhi i remember the clients were completely apprehensive about it because they don't they didn't know what to expect they don't know what what it was going to be like so uh, i think right. it's a lot it's a lot of convincing the people as well you're cons- convincing your client as well uh, as to what you're creating and that that what you're creating is of substance so though i feel that uh, yes i'm not doing something that's very mainstream um, i do find it difficult at times also to um, find avenues to actually you know be doing the work that i i genuinely love and you know finding the market for it but uh, but you have to kind of keep uh, finding ways because there is there's a market for everything uh, how big is debatable but there's a market for everything for sure um it's just about like going around your ways and you know networking finding the right audience uh, building portfolios in the right way sending out emails sh- you know sharing your work like i think there's a lot of these things also which can help you you know get places right right prabhsimar kaur asks uh, what according to you can be the future if textile design in interior slash space design um i think i think there's there's this whole concept of um technology being more tactile and technology being more um uh, yeah i think people want to look at more softer technology which is more integrated into things and things like that so uh, when i think about textiles i feel i feel like um that that's a great place for i mean where textile is going anyway right um even when you talk about smart houses smart living everything's about wifi and bluetooth and all of these things now, right. right so so and what you're also trying to do is make technology invisible around you you don't want to see wires anymore you don't want to see uh, you know devices anymore everything you want it to be like well fabricated like a good looking piece of furniture so i think uh, textiles has a massive role to play in those kind of ways and uh, where it is the material is so aesthetically driven as well and it has a great opportunity to uh, combine with tech right so it's i mean people are doing all sorts of things today and and i feel like that's really going to get going like i mean that's where i would also like to go eventually with my work also maybe in some capacity where where you're talking about um technology that's embedded in in smart houses which could 
which is and if you'll see you'll you'll be you i mean you you notice around you in your houses there's so much textile everywhere right so it's it's got a great no. like i think i think that's where it's definitely going to in my opinion right uh while at nid what was your one favorite activity to pursue i think um and one thing you miss about nid also i'd say like i'd say just to kind of you know you have like a long day in uh, at the studio and then you walk back to your hostel and then there's a completely new world at the bbc and at the night mess and then you know you that that, that space to completely unwind and i think that's something i really miss i think uh, i think it was it was great to come back to like such a like you know you all your friends and everyone used to be hanging out late at night so i think it was a great way to end the day where you kind of really unwind and just like hang out and chill out uh, and i think that's something i really miss about nid just just like that that whole sense of community uh, which is right, great right. to have uh so i think that's something i really miss and uh, yeah it's nice. i mean it's nice though i mean we it, it, you you the friends you have and an idea probably the ones that stay with you um so but you miss the place a lot so right so yeah how different is textile designing in nid from any other college in india I don't know. I don't. I I haven't. I I haven't uh, really spoken about this to anybody from any other institute in an in India institute. really about textiles. But uh, I'm guessing. I mean, um, so I I wouldn't know how to answer that question really. But I, what I can say about uh, I think everyone who's in NID on on the chat today already knows that um, textiles has a really good infrastructure. I think that's something that. that's really great and uh, all the knowledge that all of these kakas used to have who used to help us with all our weaving i mean that's like that's the knowledge that was literally disposable like at your service everywhere so i think that's something that's really special about nid just the entire infrastructure of your print studios your weaving studios and your dyeing studios and all of that so i think that's something that's really special i wouldn't know about other colleges really because i haven't been to oh, any to kind of say but yeah i agree the infrastructure at nid uh, is pretty huge in terms of textiles i yeah i've seen yeah, yeah. um uh, can you tell us about one incident that has proved to be a deciding factor in your professional career <laughs> can't think of any but i think i would i would definitely say that like i don't have an incident in mind but i think um when i think about uh, my two years at rca and the kind of time i spent um i think that's been invaluable for me um it is it's really changed me in a lot of ways it's it's made me uh, it's made me very focused and very uh, sure about what i want to do with my work and i think that's been that's been the biggest takeaway for me you know because um uh because that sense of feeling lost right is so common uh in your uh, when you're 
having a creative practice it's very common to feel lost it's, everybody feels lost everybody sometimes you wonder okay what am i doing where am i going what am i achieving so i feel like those two years where i re- really spend time um and it's such a th- simple process you're just spending time with yourself in a studio space thinking about your work and doing your work you know nobody is coming and telling you what to do but but that's when you know you start uh, uh, you start uh, experimenting in so many directions you start uh, so i think that's helped me and i think that's been a big big turning like a, a, a big turning point for me um, i mean i don't know how i'd answer this question 10, 10 years later when when i look back but right now at least i feel very very um, very very focused and uh, very sure about what direction i want to take my work in so which has right. been a, a big i think it's been a uh, it's something really big that i got from my masters so i would say that that's been a big turning point right so what do you feel about the creative freedom uh, compared to indian and international college this is a question from one of the audience uh um i think i think uh, that if you were given the kind of i mean this is again my opinion but um i think that if you were given the kind of freedom of thought and um, action towards your discipline the kind you got at rca i don't know how well we would have been able to handle it at our age in nid on an undergrad course um i think at that age it's good to have structure to your courses it's good to have uh, a a very solid uh, structure also because because at that age we don't necessarily know what we want um sometimes we do which is great uh, but if you ask me uh, had i been given the kind of freedom i had on my masters maybe i wouldn't have i would have ended up in a bigger mess you know so um, i do feel that uh, i think that freedom of thought i mean freedom of uh, uh, like i don't know uh, of not having courses or defining your projects for yourself or doing time management um i often ask myself what if i would have gotten that kind of time in nid you know but i do feel that maybe it wouldn't have been the the, the smartest thing so yes. i think it's 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 uh, it's good to have both it's good to have uh, i think that the if you can handle that kind of freedom of uh, because it's very easy to get lost as well if you don't have structure it, it you can feel very lost you can uh, keep pondering for very long as to what you want to do uh, but uh, i think at a at a at a at an age when you know what it is that you want out of your uh, academic career um right Uh, it's great to have that freedom but i just doubt whether you come with that kind of focus when you come to nid at the age of 18 i wonder so yeah i think us coming out uh, for say 12th grade and directly coming to nid and then having some structure will do some good to us i guess yeah yeah i mean that's just a personal opinion i mean i think i think there are a lot of educational formats that exist uh, and should exist and i think um, Uh, i think you would have a very different uh, learning curve if you were to be in that but i think you can't have a answer that question unless you've done it yourself you know unless you've true, true. gotten yeah so we'll take in a couple of more questions um how important do you think internships are for college students 
or should we rather build our portfolio in the meantime um no i think working working with people working with industry is very important i think it gives you a massive reality check um because it's uh, it's not easy it's not uh, you're always going to be presented with opportunities where you'd be like shit i never thought i'd land up in this situation and you'll always be there so um i think i think it's very important to get industry experience um because i think uh, it just prepares you for a lot all kinds of things you know because uh, uh, you'd be you'll you'll be surprised at the kind of different clients and different people that you interact with uh, when you start working independently because then that's when you actually start uh, having your client discussions you know where you're leading the client discussion so i think it's always good to um, i wouldn't ever advise otherwise to not do an internship right that makes sense uh last question good books which highlight textiles of india or any book suggestions related to textiles any book suggestions read um uh, there is a book called um, i don't know it's not specifically uh, related to textiles of india um but there's an interesting book called uh, the craft reader uh which is uh, a, and it's it's a short book of different essays by different practitioners from all over the world actually so um i feel like those are some really good there are some really good books by that author um i forget his name uh something adamson i think uh so th- he has written a couple of books as well on craft and um on the idea of a maker uh, and those have been really interesting books for me to read so um, i'm not very heavy into indian textiles uh, as such i mean i don't personally also work so much with uh, indian textiles but um, craft has been interest like has been a topic of interest to me uh, and like you know crafts people so it he's written a lot of interesting books on craft and communities and in this particular book called the craft reader is definitely worth a read because it's a collection of different essays so that's something that comes from the top of my head but if i think of any more i'll kind of write write to you about it yeah yeah sure sure uh so last last question um do you have any tips and suggestions for the aspiring designers from india from anywhere um i would say that um i think uh, always i mean this is something that i feel always has helped me uh, to always have a personal practice um, you know you might have a, a projects you will be doing for clients you will be doing projects for your classes and courses and everything but i think it's always always important to uh, have a personal sketchbook a personal set of projects that you do for yourself uh, of related to things that interest you so having a personal practice going in parallel to your professional practice or your academic practice uh is very uh, has been very very uh, i don't know helpful for me and i would always um i um i'd always uh, i don't know recommend and advise anybody to do that so right that's wonderful so uh we have come to the end of the session So thank you for sharing your insights and uh, we really appreciate for your time and hoping to have a session with you on campus again in Audi yes. 
with everyone <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much isha and it's been really nice it's always really nice this is my first time i'm connecting back to nid in some format so it's really nice <laughs> thank you thank you all right thanks a lot thanks for your time bye guys see you bye